Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp, cricket fan. And together with my co-host, Mark Wood, actual cricket man, we invite you to listen to Middle Please Umpire, a new cricket podcast containing the two of us banging on and sounding off together about cricket and quite possibly all manner of other things while lifting the lid on Mark's life as an international cricketer. And as if that wasn't enough, we shall be welcoming some great guests along the way and chatting to them about life on and off the playing field as they spill the beans, drop some truth bombs and see if they can withstand the scrutiny of our brutal interrogations. Middle Please Umpire is available right now from all your favourite podcast providers. Hello, and in the words of philosopher Nietzsche, or was it Voltaire, we all hate Leeds scum. Yes, we all hate Leeds. And let's face it, we're probably not very popular over there right now. This has been one hell of a week. We demolished Sheffield United on Thursday and ripped apart Leeds United yesterday. You could say we're the Yorkshire Rippers. I wouldn't, obviously, but I do wish we could play them every week. This is the United Redcast, and I'm your host, Ben Paul. And with me, we have two diehard Reds. First up, born and bred within the roar, the sound of the roar of the Stratford end. Easy for me to say. It's my old mucker, Chris Curley. Hello. Hello, Ben. I'm actually in Yorkshire, though, right now, just to let you know I'm in enemy territory. Wow. Have you worn your colours at all? No, I did that once in 1996 in Leeds and it was a grave error of judgment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep your head down in the vicinity well, of the Leeds. The restaurant who let me dive into the back of the restaurant was wow. very kind of them. That sounds like a proper story. I would love to hear it. I'll Just not now. <laughs> um, and because we, because without further ado, we have to introduce our BBC broadcaster and journalist friend, United fanatic and young enough to be Chris Curley's son, Shazad Loha. Hello, Hello Shaz. Or uncles, how you doing? <laughs> oh, that's a term of respect, isn't it? Isn't it? I, I do respect you two, and, and I can see you two, and, and you two look like my uncles, actually. 
Can, can I just clarify something there? Yeah, yeah. I could. Oh, I would be fifteen if I was your son, and that would be illegal, right? <laughs> you and my son says. Whereas Ben is older than me, he could be your dad. So yes, I could be your uncle. Ben could be your father. But I'd oh, like to clarify the legality of of that statement. Okay. From Mr. Well, Paul. Not really sure whether I would have relations in order to have a child. That's a different matter. <laughs> I want to clarify at the get-go where we are. Can this I is just, spiraling out of control. Can I just say, breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> um, we won three games on the trot. We are up to sixth. We have a game in hand on Liverpool. If we win that, we will be second and potentially title contenders. Let that sink in for a while, because we've been through quite a lot this month. But let's talk about the Leeds game. Chris, how good was it for you? Uh, talking about Leeds, um, I think that there was a trepidation before the Leeds game. I think we all were a bit nervous because of the history um, and the, the form of Leeds in particular. But... For me, I was pleasantly surprised that Ollie once again pulled off another tactical masterclass, which he gets maligned for on several occasions, but I've been a staunch defender of it of his when it comes to such things. And we started with pace, with power, like a Manchester United side always should. Chess, what about you? How was it for you? Yeah, I mean, I sort of agree with Chris. Uh, I was really, really nervous going into this game only because I've seen Leeds play quite a bit this season. They're ferocious. They're quick to get at you. Um, they, they, they're not scared of, of what happens at the back, but they'll continue. I mean, th- their mentality is you score one, we'll score two and whatever. And I just thought that uh, with how long it takes United to settle um, in the initial stages of a game, especially in the Premier League, especially at home, I thought... They're going to come for us and we might crumble and we might not be able to recover the way we've been able to recover in these away games uh, leading up to this one. Uh, But we started uh, in a more ferocious and more attacking and more sort of lion uh, uh, style way. We, uh, Scott McTominay, I don't know what, what, what he had before the game, but uh, he, he was just ahead of everyone in terms of, in terms of his energy and in terms of wanting to prove himself. I, I don't know about if, if, if I think Ollie's got, uh, you know, been a tactical genius and pulled off a masterclass the way Chris does. But I think, I think we were just quicker than them to get off the, to get off the mark. And, and, and that paid off really. Well, we'll come to um, McTominay in a little bit because he deserves his own little section today. Mm. But I think Bielsa and Leeds played right into our hands yesterday. We love playing attacking, counter-attacking football. And that's why we've been so good, in my opinion, that's why we've been so good away from home. That's why we never fret when we let one goal in, because we know we're going to score two or three, because we love the counter-attack. And if ever there was a team to come to Old Trafford and just attack, 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 and have no other plan, it's Leeds. And that played perfectly for us. And tactically, yes, rotation. We've often had our, you know, disagreements, Chris, um, in our 23 years of of being fierce um, friends and United tacticians. But he got it. He got it spot on. And we had this discussion just before the Sheffield United game that he was playing the likes of. He wasn't going to play the likes of Greenwood because he needs players with legs to start against Leeds. Well, he baffled all of us because he played Greenwood against Sheffield United, 
because he had in the back of his mind to play Daniel James, who had a a cracker. So let's talk about some of those individual performances then, because there were some players that stood out. Chris, who stood out for you? I mean, I think obviously you've got to give Dan James a lot of credit yesterday because he hasn't been in the team for a while. And, you know, there's not a great love for him. Everyone's a bit perplexed after he started so well and the drop-off. And I think you saw last season that when he came on, there was a massive lack of quality from a Greenwood to a James. The gap between ability was too far. So a lot of credit there for his mentality to come on and play with uh, such ability without having a lot of game time. For me, he did what he does, which is run. (laughs) And it sounds so obvious, but it's something Pogba doesn't do or, or is known for doing. And in his ability to just knock the ball past you and run is is the simplest of football skills. But he executed it very well yesterday. You can trust him to chase back and, and go with runners. He, he's got that defensive-mindedness in, in, in his uh, game. And I think um, he deserves a lot of credit. Now, were there times when he could be still... Could put more quality in, yes, but I'm not going to worry about that and and give him credit and, and probably nice for him to get his goal with what he's gone through, but also the fact that he nearly was a Leeds United player and um, when he left Swansea and the deal didn't go through and that he's rumoured that you know Bielsa still likes him, so um, a nice a great reward for Dan James. I mean, is James one of those aimless runners? You know, like, I don't know if you remember Chez wouldn't, but Franz Carr, brilliant runner. <laughs> <laughs> just never, he got to the byline and that was it. He just stopped running. He couldn't do anything else. You know, is he, is he a Kinchelskis? Is he going to be a Kinchelskis for us? Has he got that capability? Can he run and deliver the final ball? Chris, you could answer. You could answer that one. This, this style is similar to Kinchelskis, but his end product is nothing like. I mean, Andre became a goal scorer um, of some repute, uh, but I think I just don't think there's a thing where you have to have a fixed first eleven who all play the certain way. I think there is a bit of horses for courses, and you need it's about texture in it to your squad, to your team. Different players can do different things at well, different were... times. There were five changes from the game against Sheffield United. Notably, Pogba and Matic came out and McFred came in. So it's McTominay and Fred. And Shez, we know you're a big fan of uh, of Fred, right? (laughs) You know what? I was just, when you were asking Chris which players uh, that sort of stood out for him, I was actually going to say, I thought Fred had a decent game. Um, uh, he won the ball in many parts uh, uh, in the middle of the park. Um, I, I think it was one of his better performances. Thing is, I don't think Fred's awful. I just think that um, um, he's he's been on a very very poor run of form initially when he came. In my opinion, giving the ball away, a lack of balance, um, uh, very 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 little awareness, and then he's improved as time has gone on. Uh, but it's imp- it's an improvement from something which has been really poor. But anyway, really quickly um ben you said a couple of players that may have stood out for me um 
we know he's one of the best shot stoppers in the world. We know he's gone through a little bit of a difficult time, or more than just a little bit of a difficult time. But I want to give a big up to, to De Gea. He made a couple of really important saves yesterday. Uh, he he needs it for his confidence. And, um, uh, you know, midweek on or on Thursday when we played um, Chef, uh, he was dropped. I, it still baffles me why he was dropped, because without him making a huge mistake, I don't think we should be chopping and changing uh, the goalkeeper's position. So De Gea deserves a shout out. And uh, the next person is someone who deserves a shout out every week, and that's Rashford. He causes chaos and mayhem um, every single time Manchester United are on attack. Uh, I, I don't know whether or not I should say this, but the, the double winning side was so brilliant because we were so interchangeable. You couldn't mark you didn't know where Giggs was going. You didn't know where Tevez was going. You didn't know where Ronaldo was going. You didn't know where Rooney was going. When we're attacking at the moment, obviously it's not as good as the double winning side, but when we're attacking at the moment, it's very, very difficult to mark a Manchester United attacking team when we're on the counter because it's so interchangeable. There's players running from different positions and switching around. Um, and I think the source of that is the way uh, Rashford uh, approaches his attack. So a massive big up to Rashford. Just for our older listeners, the double winning side is Bruce, <laughs> Alistair, Robson, Konchalskis, Giggs and Hughes and Cantona. He <laughs> 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 says, I was like, double, the double winning side. That's on oh, 94, they were good. Paul Parker, Denny Sterling. <laughs> We're not talking about them. And for me, I go, yeah, that was just the side that won that. That's, not, that, that's just that side. Uh, We're uh, talking. Is, thing, but I will, can I just talk about Fred? And yeah, yeah go on. Are you a Fred fan, by the way? Yeah, I've become a Fred fan. Fred fan. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because listen, I still know he's got limitations in his game, right? Massive limitations. You, massive limitations. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'd, let's talk about his assets and look at the form. When Pogba went out of the team a year ago because he was injured, and Fred came in. Look at the form of the side over the last year when he's been in the team. Yes, Bruno came in, but. What Fred does, he does create an energy and a pace and uh, an aggression in the team, the way he harries and intercepts. And if you look at him, he's very similar to Conte in his defensive side of the game, in his ability to tackle and look at interceptions. Where he falls down is why we have a problem in field, is because in those games, in those games where you will have more of the ball, his progressive passing isn't good enough in possession. And that is something that is lacking in the midfield. It's kind of a job you hope Pogba would do if he wanted to play in a two. But Pogba doesn't want to defend. So that's why Oli doesn't trust him. And Fred and McTominay allow everybody else to play. So I, I think, you know, will Fred um, be an all-time great at Old Trafford? Probably not. But is does he make this team function and work better at the moment? Yes, he does. Well, we're looking at, you know, McTominay was, showed another side to his game, arguably, because usually we're seeing, you know, two defensive midfielders there. And we've criticised Oli for being a little bit defensive there. But I've not seen two players like Fred and McTominay push forward in the way that they did mm. um, yesterday. McTominay yeah. in particular, he's often defensive, but, um, but, but he hits a ball so sweetly as well. Has he got potential to be a Robson? Has he got that all-rounder ability with an attacking side that we've we've rarely seen before? I mean, Fred surged forward as well, and it created that that extra. Um, oh my God. 
here comes my <laughs> here comes my little boy. <laughs> my, my baby's just turned up because he's been sent home from nursery because somebody's got COVID. <laughs> it's just wandered. If this is on video, you'd see, but my twenty-year-old, twenty-month-old baby's just wandered in. Um, so talking about players that are surging forward and creating um, that pressure on the Leeds back four. I think we were fun. That was one of the key components of why we won so comfortably yesterday. I think I think Gary Neville said something along the lines of um, when 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 McTominay burst into the to, to the box with the second goal, he described it as uh, McTominay's turned into Keenan Scholes rolled into one. I remember that's one of my sort of. Uh, first memories um, of those late runs into the box by Paul Scholes, even Roy Keane uh, um, to, to, to apply more pressure when United were on the attack, when York and Cole were creating chances or when Beckham was creating chances for them. I, d- that reminded me yesterday of that sort of, of, that sort of time. Look, McTominay uh, has a lot of work to do, in my opinion, in terms of the technicality of his game. He's a brilliant player for me because he plays the game simply and he plays it well. He releases the ball when he needs to release the ball. He's uh, He gets stuck in. He's uh, strong in the tackle. Um, his interceptions are there. Uh, but um, if, if, if the sort of technical aspect of his game is improved, by that I mean... Uh, a proper distribution because that goal that set up David uh, uh, Daniel James, he, I don't think he meant um, meant to pass it to him, did he? Uh, I think that was uh, that was aimed for someone. I'm else. giving him the credit. <laughs> but but McTominay, if those aspects of his game uh, are game are developed, he can end up becoming, uh, I think, a United legend. What's funny? What's what's happened is that I, I think you know box to box midfield players were the norm in the nineties and the mm. no- and most of the noughties and all throughout football. But the game changed with Makalele making that defensive midfielder position a thing. And now you have so many teams playing with a low block. It's very difficult for midfield players to make make those runs into the box now on a consistent basis, in the same way that Frank Lampard had licence to do it. Well, Lampard did it, was probably the last one to do it, aside from Skulls, because his numbers dropped off for goals um, in the noughties. And I think the whole game's changed. But what Bielsa does is when everyone else plays a very compact team, Bielsa makes the pitch as big as possible and creates mm. low space. And then it becomes a physical challenge, really, rather than a, a technical one in loads of ways. It becomes a, a physically technical challenge rather than a rather than a how am I gonna, a chess game of how am I going to break these pe- these teams down in in tight spaces and. And that suits the qualities of Scott McTominay perfectly. Yep. So they, I mean, the question is also, I mean, we were phenomenal, but how bad were Leeds? How how bad could they be been to allow us to be so dominant? Even though statistically we only had like forty percent of possession, therefore played much more counter attacking, um, but. How much? How badly were Leeds? How bad were Leeds? And can and can we just as a secondary part point to that? Can we put off pull off a performance like that against teams that will set up much more defensive mindedly, mindedly and squeezes? The fact that we've been playing two games a week for a long time um, was is a benefit to us, and also players were refreshed. But it's a benefit that Leeds team were playing their second game in a week. I think for the first time maybe this season or certainly second time, that's going to have a physical impact um, on that team because Bielsa's 
team have always been criticised for fading out physically in a season. And so I think that was a factor. Having said that, they still made loads of chances. I mean, you know, they still created loads of chances. You think about um, some of this, the, the Rafinha uh, save that the Gea made in the second half. Um, the Harrison one, he pulled wide. You know, they still had really clear-cut chances. And that still, me, puts pressure on our defenders and their ability to uh, defend one-on-one. And I think that was still worrying that we allowed so many chances to happen. So, yeah, they played, badly, they played badly in, in some ways, but in loads of ways, they played like Leeds. But that's another, OK, it brings us to our next point. Do we still have a worry about our defence? Because, um, yeah, we scored a lot. We scored, what, nine goals in the last two games. But we still let in. We still let in first against Sheffield United, and we still let in two yesterday. So, do we? Do we still have a? Do we still have a problem, Shez? Do you? Yeah, ma- massively, massively. I'll tell you what. You know, um, uh, I, I completely respect uh, what what Chris said about Leeds were just Leeds. They came out to play, and they, they they played how they've been playing for the majority of the season. But do you know, other teams like I'm talking about your Chelsea's, uh, potentially your Liverpool's, Man City's. They would have uh, when they went two goals up. They would have shut that game off and they would have been able to shut that game off because of the quality of 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 how they defend or how they can shut a game off right united i am always feeling nervous around the united defense uh, just ability wise i don't think Lindelof up, is up to the mark just just in terms of uh up there for being a manchester united center back i don't think he's up there maguire's had a bit of stick i know he does, there's a lot of ability there obviously the price tag has sort of uh, has sort of applied more pressure on him and whatever uh one bisaka i'm i'm a fan of his last challenging but again i always think He's under pressure. Like, he's always one second or one challenge away from making a, a drastic mistake, which will cost us a penalty or a free kick in a very dangerous position. Uh, I think if there's one area that Oli really needs to focus on and concentrate on and invest in, it's it's it's, it's defence. I think Maguire needs another steady partner. Um, uh, and, and, and I think... Um, uh, uh, potentially our left back position, Tellers and Shaw. There's a bit of healthy competition there, and they're both they're both very very able players. But at the centre of our defence, I think, especially in comparison to the to the centre backs that we've had over the years, it's 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 actually crazy uh, that Lindelof and, and and Maguire are still holding down that position. And I know why they're holding it down because they don't have enough enough competition. Is it just just out of interest? Is Bai still injured or? Uh, no, he was on the bench yesterday. He was on the bench yesterday. Yeah, right. but entirely right. Because that defence, I see, it, is always reactive rather than proactive. Mm. They don't mm. seem to sense danger very well. Uh, they don't seem to be able to defend one-on-one. You know, you're right about Wambasaka's last-ditch challenges gets loads of applause. But why is he having to, why is he having to be last-ditch? Mm. You know? So overly committal. It's, it's, yeah, and it's, it's, I'm scared every time. Same, every time Wambasaka's going in for a challenge, I'm scared. Luke Shaw, I'm not a fan of. Tellers, actually, I like. He's, I've noticed Tellers, um, Shaw doesn't stop crosses, but I have noticed Tellers, his body position, he gets tighter to the to the crosser to stop the ball from coming into the box. We let the ball come into the box too easy, which puts pressure on Maguire and Lindelof. But I I think my it, we have a chance of challenging for the title, right? I think we have a chance. With, with, with Chris, with this defence, you think we've got a chance? But, uh, but I will I will say that in January, if they're serious about challenging for the title, they need to 
get the best centre half they can that's going to improve mm. us. Hold and that thought. That's, if they want a challenge, it's a no-brainer. Hold that thought because we're going to go to a break and when we come back, we're going to discuss our potential to be contenders, challengers, or actually win it. Sorry. No, sorry. Give me a moment to, to win it. Um, and we'll be talking about all the who those kind of players could be that we could draft in in January. But come back after the break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Okay, welcome back to the Man United podcast. I'm your hostess, Ben Paul. I'm identifying as a host today. Um, Chris Curley is with me, and so is Shezad Loza. Now, we were talking before the break about um, if we win our game in hand, we will be two points behind Liverpool. But are we in a different league, or are, are they in a different league? Do we have the potential to challenge for the title this year? And when I say challenge, I mean really challenge. I think yes. For me, I think the potential, yes, do we have good enough players up front to score the goals? Yes. Um, have we got a strong enough defence to do it? I'd probably not to win it. When I, but when I look at everybody else in the league, who are definitely better than us? Only Liverpool. Everything else is a really good argument, I think. You can make cases across the board. But it's getting the consistency into the team that allows you to make a championship challenge. But also... We're talking about number 20 for Liverpool to equal us. We must do something, everything we can, to try and stop it. And if that means opening the pig, opening the wallet in January to get that centre-half, I think we need. And everybody thinks he needs. And Ollie thinks he needs. Yet the board don't give him the players he wants. And we've said that, I said this in the summer, that he did everything he possibly could, give him the players he wants. They didn't. And he's proven it again that that's what we must do if we've got, we've got to look okay. we've got to try everything we can to stop Liverpool from winning the league and oh we do I mean we can't rely on any of our so-called friends in other clubs you know Tottenham are never going to do it they, they flatter to deceive Everton for the first three games of the season were getting carried away but yeah it's up to us you know if you want anything doing you've got to do it yourself now who would you suggest any thoughts out there that could partner Maguire? And I'm suggesting it could, it's probably Maguire, being that we spent so much money on him. Who who would be the the left footer to complement him? The, the ball carrier, the, the the solid partner to to go with Maguire that that might well join us in January. Failing think, which, join us uh, in, in in beginning of next season. Uh, ben, I think um, I've been watching this lad and. Um, 
uh, I, I've heard Oli uh, speak about him as well. Uh, he's the uh, Slovakian centre-back. He plays for Inter, uh, Inter Milan. Uh, Milan Skriniar, I, I'm not sure yeah, how you pronounce his name. Yeah, he's, 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 he's 25 years old. I've seen him play quite a bit in Serie A. He's absolutely brilliant in the air. He's, his his um, uh, ball winning is an, uh, amazing. He can carry the ball as in he can travel with the ball. Um, I think at, an age, you know, at the age of 25, to snap someone up like that would be absolutely amazing. There's something I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. There's something very vidicy about him. So yeah, uh, but we've yeah. talked about Skriniar for quite a while on our little WhatsApp forums. Chris, you mm-hmm. think he's a bit too similar to Maguire, don't you? Uh, if we're talking about, I think Skriniar isn't quick enough. Milankovic, he's no. quicker than Skriniar, but he's not quick enough for what we need. Um, <coughs> my the AC Milan captain, uh, Romagnoli. Romagnoli, yeah. Powerful, strong, good mentality, Italian defender. Um, you know, AC Milan aren't as rich as they once were. Um, he's 25. He's certainly got a lot of the attributes that would elevate our defence, I think. Um, you know, they're talked about, like, up-and-coming ones, like a Badia Chile, talk about um, Carmo at Braga. Uh, but these are punts. I mean, they, they, that could be a Vidic sign. You're saying he's a, a punts? Punts. Punts. P-O-N-T-S, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, you know, but they're kind of punts. They're not, we need people to go straight into the team. But, you know, Vidic and Evra didn't go straight into the team when they arrived in January. They took six months to settle. So that is the difficulty, I admit, of signing a centre-back in January. Um, but it'd be easier to sign a centre-back to come into the team to play behind closed doors than it would be with um, 50,000 Leeds fans at Ellen Road in April. Well, the fact that we didn't quite make it into the Champions League <coughs> means that we're going to be struggling to get a top name for January, the likes of Up Meccano, etc. So it's probably more likely we're not going to sign a centre-half in January, really, and we're going to get it at the end of the year. But, but God. Well, maybe, well, we should. I mean, we're talking about what we should do. You know, if we're still in contention for top four and no second, then that's Champions League football for next year. That's going to be the attraction. Um, I think as long as we're in contention, that's what we should do. I think that's what Ferguson would do. Ferguson would have gone out and signed the best centre-half he needed. Yeah, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Uh, And that's that's what he would do. And I think the problem is, Oli doesn't have that power that Ferguson had, which he earned. Um, to demand things. This board and however they work stuff out is is remarkable to me. And what they're thinking is, because it just keeps changing press release by press release or leak by leak, you know, don't back him. I don't believe they've backed him. He might have to come out and say it, but we know where the weaknesses are in a team and um, they haven't improved them. Well, talking about well, play. Sorry, go go for it, Shes. I was going to say also, if you think about how how that team's evolved with McTominay, um, Williams, Greenwood, Rashford, um, you know that youth, that's our youth team, that's our youth structure. It's amazing. It's Hulk, a, where would we be without that? And they're all Fergie's kids because they all came in when Fergie was there to set that system up. Mm. Well, talking about players that we that he might or he might have got that he didn't he didn't want or players that he wanted and didn't get yesterday still no starting place for Van der Beek um, is that an issue? Um, I mean the elephant in the room is also 
that Pogba had a brilliant game against Sheffield United. And we were all thinking, oh, great, there's finally a place for him. We know exactly what we can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was rested. Um, he, he was not chosen to play against against Leeds. Um, are we, first of all, worried that Van der Beek is not really fitting in? And even when we have a rotation, he still comes on as a substitute. And then secondary to that, Pogba, Pogba, Pogba. And we have a weekly Pogba conversation. Um, We play that well without him. Is this the beginning of the end or the continuation of the end? I think yesterday was the perfect game to not play Pogba. Okay, the game was so fast. The game was so end to end that the game would have just Pog would have would have just gone missing, which he loves doing. He wants time on the ball. He wants um, the ability to dictate and hold the ball and then distribute and then think about it, then do a step over, then give the ball away, then fall over. Now, mate. We ain't got time against Leeds United. They'll hit you. They'll score by the time Pogba's yawning. Uh, so it was perfect to not play Pogba yesterday. Van der Beek, uh, I uh, or Van der Beek, I I really like him. I've actually not seen him give a bad performance in a in a United shirt. Um, but Oli's problem is for too long he's tried to accommodate too many different players in the middle of the pitch. And yesterday he got it right by playing uh, two very, very energetic players that suited the style of the game, uh, being Fred and, and McTominay. Obviously, Fernandez walks into every, every game, every team. He's just the best player. It's the best player in the league, in my opinion. Um, uh, so so Pogba, it was right to not play him, despite of him having a decent performance uh, um, in midweek or on Thursday. And, and, and with Van der Beek, I, 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 or I, I just don't know uh, how far Oli will go to continue to try and accommodate him by bringing him on here and there. Uh, the the uh, people in I was reading these forums and uh, uh, sort of Dutch uh, football fans have been saying that um, Oli is a blind man. Like they they just don't understand how Van der Beek doesn't walk into the team every week because he was seen as such an influential player in that country and in that league. Uh, but I suppose that goes down to to, to all the different choices that uh, Oli's got, especially in the middle of the park. Yeah, I think the, I think the fact is, uh, I mean, I agree with you, Chase. I think everything I've seen about Van der Beek, I like. Uh, absolutely like. I love his continuity of possession. I love his energy. He's got an eye for goal. But the fact that Fred and McTominay are doing the job of what really should be one midfield player normally. Yeah, but, true. You know, <laughs> it means that well, this, how do you fit Van der Beek in then? How do you fit Pogba in then? You can't, really. And there's a politique around Pogba that you have to adapt to because he doesn't trust him to defend. Uh, he knows he'll get caught out and that's gone. And I think if there was no pandemic, Pogba would have got sold in the summer and we'd have all moved on, moved on from it. And Van der Beek may have been a complimentary person to that. I just think that there's, if you had that holding midfield player who could patrol that whole area normally, like an Ndidi does that very well at Leicester, um, then you can play Van der Beek in midfield. And it worked a couple of times, but he's just, you know, I think then it goes back to not trusting the centre-backs to defend one-on-one. So you exactly. have to compensate for that by playing Freddie McTominay. So he's yeah. in a bit of a rock and a hard place, Van der Beek, and... I think he'll. I think he'll play on Wednesday night against Everton in the Carling Cup. Uh, I think you know Pogba will probably play as well. So 
that that'll be interesting to see how those two dovetail in that match. But I think it does it does go back to the centre halves. If we had solid dominant centre halves, then you would only need one of those anchor midfielders. Um, but it segues quite nicely for um, for Wednesday night. We've got uh, we got Everton away in the Rumbleos Cup. Um, is it an important? <laughs> Now that we're out of one cup competition, or possibly two, um, we are. Is it important the EFL League Cup? And uh, what's your what are your predictions for Wednesday night against Everton? The Littlewoods Cup or the Milk Cup? The, the it's the uh, it's not the full members cup. I know that. Um, have you got any predictions for for Wednesday night apart from it raining? Yeah, it's going to be one of those games, isn't it? Um, I, um, uh, Ollie will make quite a few changes, I assume. Um, is Cavani back, like, properly, properly back? I know he came came on, but um, uh, uh, I think he'll probably start and, and, and Pogba will play, I think I agree. Van der Beek will probably play as well. Ollie will make quite a few changes. It's going to be one of those cold, miserable nights. I will get a result. We'll get a result, probably 2-0 United. It'd be nice yeah, to keep the momentum going, right? It'd be interesting, that, because... I'm a fan of the League Cup. I think it's really important for teams when they win stuff first with the League Cup. It usually sets them off for going on a winning spree. So a lot of teams teams have been very successful over a period of time. Their first cup was the League Cup. That was true for Ronaldo and, and Rooney going back to mm, Jazzy's mm. childhood. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and our middle-aged hood. <laughs> And I, we, I was, I, God knows I was crying into a bar somewhere. Um, I think that the back four will probably stay the same. Tellers have come in because Shaw is broken um, after running about so much yesterday. Um, Henderson might start. You know, they've got fans in. They're in tier two, aren't they, in Liverpool? So they've got fans in. That might have an impact on the game. Everton will want a trophy. Be interesting what side until Ancelotti put, puts out and whether he goes, you know what, we might go for this and not rest people um but I'd, I'd expect us to get through um 2-1 on the night I, w- I still even with Greenwood will play Cavani will play Mata will play and I think Rashford and Bruno will be on the bench for the emergencies yeah it'd be a good it'd be a fun team to watch because it'd be nice to see a few of the old uh, well the, a few of the bench warmers come on and, and quite rightfully play their role um the momentum is so important it's so important even if I might have denigrated the League Cup in the past, when we were got greedy with trophies, it's continuity now. We have to win this to keep it going. Um, and it's your priority Boxing Day against Leicester. I mean, we're third, we're third. Leicester are second. Don't you want to make in this intense period? Don't you want to make sure you've got the freshest team possible to play Leicester? Yeah, of course. That's why I'm, I agree with you that we that team we've got potential. We've got a lot of potential on the bench that will come and play. Um, we should turn over Everton. I know it's really important that we do that. But yes, Leicester next week, absolutely. That is um, a huge game away at Leicester. Now, Shez, you are um, a native of Leicester, right? Uh, so um, Yeah, yeah, I am. I suppose you really I, want to do them over twice now. Mate, I've, uh, a few seasons ago, I, I actually had a season ticket uh, that my brother uh, had bought um, the year Leicester did that miraculous thing they did, that small thing of winning the league title. I actually went to quite a few games that year, so and I'm always getting stick for not supporting Leicester, but but um uh I, I saw Leicester play on uh yesterday, just before our game against Spurs. 
they're, they're, a, they're a good side, man. They're a very, very difficult side to play. And uh, I think the way Rodgers got that team set up, um, they're going to give us a very, very difficult game, especially uh, with all those gaping holes that we keep talking about in our defence. I, I still feel confident. I still feel that we can beat them. It's an early kickoff, isn't it? It's half 12. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because that's usually Boxing Day cuts and a leftover trifle. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's usually a big tradition for me on Boxing Day. There's going to be plenty of leftovers on every Christmas table this year. Um, the who, who are the danger men in Leicester? Obviously, Vardy always scores against us. Yeah, Vardy. Ma- Madison's. Madison's. Yeah. He's, he's a class act, you know. I, 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 think, I think this summer... Other bigger teams, bigger teams than Leicester, will go in for him, you know. Yeah, but he's not Grealish. He's not Grealish, but don't you think his touch, his awareness, yeah. and the way he drives that Leicester team is just amazing. He, yeah, no, he's great, and there's a got, he's got a lot to like, and Ollie's been linked with him in the past. I just feel like though, when it's when when it's all going wrong, mm. he doesn't. He kind of let. He kind of seeps into the background a bit. He doesn't yeah. grab it. You know, if I compare him to Greenlish, and that might be unfair, you just feel like Greenlish would, is the kind of player that just keeps going at you, keeps going at you regardless of what's going on. And Madison, you know, he's a bit of a sunshine boy. I think Leicester are a super side. I think down the wings, they could really um, uh, damage us. And I have to say, that young lad they've signed for Farna at centre-half. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Legend of the future. He looks incredible. He looks incredible. Absolutely. They, where do they find these centre halves year in, year out? Um, okay, so predictions, predictions for Leicester. Um, I think oh, it might be a score draw. You know, it might be. I don't want to say that, but it might be a score draw. I don't think we'll get beat. I don't think we'll get beat. Um, we usually have a good good record at Leicester, but when we get beat there, we do get beat badly. Yeah. I think if well, momentum if Vardy's fit, if, uh, sorry, yeah. yes, but if Vardy went off, didn't he, with a bit of a groin pull, it looked yeah, like he yesterday. Did. He did. And if yeah. he's not there, then we'll beat them. If he is playing, um, it'll be tough because he has rang, rang us ragged loads of times, especially at the... Um, at, the, at Leicester's home ground, at the King yeah. Power. King Power Stadium, yeah. I think if momentum continues, um, uh, then 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 we can beat them 2-1. I'm going for 2-1 United. Yeah, I reckon I reckon if we beat Everton midweek, then we'll beat Leicester. Um, yeah. it's, away, it's away from home. Leicester are, you know, they're, they're an attacking team. That's the way we like it. Counter-attacking. I'll go for 2-1 as well. Um, on that note, it's time to wrap up this week, not only because my internet's down and I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth um, and my baby's come back from nursery because somebody's got COVID. Um, but yes, it's been a pleasure as always with uh, with Mr. Shez and Mr. Mr. Chris. Um, we look forward to listening to, to welcoming anybody back next week. could be any of us. So stay tuned just to find out who it might be. Um, thanks very much, guys. Cheers, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. And thanks for calling me Mr. Chris, because that reminded me of a girlfriend once who used to call me that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what, is it Ty Bride? <laughs> Mr. Chris.
Hello? Was that, was that, oh, no, forget it. You're my uncle, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, that, and we're out. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.